Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello, everyone. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Marsha Drucker. She is the founder of Fuck Up Nights Toronto. Um, so thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Thanks so much for having me. Super excited to chat with you guys today. Yeah, we're excited. We got to go to um, a Fuck Up Nights uh, last year in 2019. Um, probably one of the last in-person ones you had the opportunity to do. And um, it was really great hearing everyone's stories about failure. Um, and I kind of want to hear your story. How did you start Fuck Up Nights? And how do you convince people to talk about failure? Yeah, definitely. So Fuck Up Nights actually started in Mexico City back in 2012 and has since grown into a global community and speaker series that takes place in over 330 cities across the world. I went to my very first Fuck Up Night when I was living and working abroad in Tel Aviv. And, you know, the name definitely caught my attention when I saw it on Facebook. But when I went to the event itself, I was completely blown away. I've, you know, before going to that event, I've never seen people share stories of failure before. I've never seen successful entrepreneurs and executives and creatives come together in that sort of setting and take the filter off and share their biggest fuck ups and lessons that the community can learn from them. So, you know, to say the least, I was inspired by that event and it was just super refreshing. And something else that really stood out to me was the sense of community. You know, a lot of events kind of say that they're a community, but that one to me truly felt like a community because especially after hearing stories of failure like that, your own guard kind of comes down and it just doesn't feel like a networking event. You you connect with people on a totally different level. So that event really stuck with me. And I got back to Toronto um, just a few months later. I was figuring out my own next step. In some ways, I kind of felt like a failure myself because, you know, just things were not moving as quickly as I was expecting them to. It, was, it felt like a big adjustment coming back from living abroad. And I was looking to find my community here in Toronto. So I searched up Fuck Up Nights. I knew that it was a global thing. And I was really shocked to find that it didn't exist in Toronto yet. You know, it was already in Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, but somehow not in Toronto. And that's when something kind of clicked for me. And, you know, because I was looking for my own next step, I had the time to dedicate to it. And I decided to just go for it. Um, I honestly thought, you know, I've never done events or anything like it before, but I thought if I fucked it up, it will just be ironic and it will be a fun experience anyways. Fast forward to today to three years later, you know, it's it resonated from day one and it's it's grown so quickly through Toronto and we have such an amazing city for it. I think one of the biggest challenges, you know, back to your question of how I get people to actually share stories of failure and convince them to share their stories I think at the beginning, it was it was definitely a challenge. It was one of the hardest parts of getting this community going in Toronto. Um, we have a pretty conservative culture when it comes to failure, especially, you know, three years ago. It was it was really seen as this taboo thing to share your biggest fuck ups. So for that first event, I, you know, I went through my entire network on LinkedIn and, you know, I slowly found people who have had different entrepreneurial ventures who've experimented with things and I reached out in a way saying that you know you've been super successful with this thing that you're doing has have there been any um, pivots or struggles along the way and of course the answer was yes 
So it was a little bit challenging for the first event, but ever since that first event, I think the concept that just truly resonated in Toronto and over these last three years, failure has become almost like cool to talk about. It's something that's trending. I've seen it get integrated into other events and communities here in the city and you know, after that very first event, I slowly started getting a lot of inbound stories, people reaching out and wanting to share their own fuck ups. Um, and it's become this like cool, like badge of honor thing. So it's been really cool to see that evolve. And, you know, just knowing that fuck up nights played this huge part in Toronto to be able to shift that conversation around failure and to get people to see it as something that's, you know, part of being human, part of being an entrepreneur, part of being a professional in any industry failure is bound to happen if you're innovating if you're doing something different and it's so important to share it and to really learn from it and to help others learn from your experience as well that's awesome yeah and how can someone make sure they actually learn from their failures and make sure that they don't repeat them again that's a really good question um so with fuck up nights i think a big misconception is that people think that we're here to celebrate failure that we're trying to encourage people to fail, but that's really not the case. A lot of the time failure can be really devastating. So what we kind of preach at Fuck Up Nights is the concept of failing mindfully. I think especially in the tech world, you know, we hear this term of fail fast a lot. And I think a lot of the time that can kind of do a disservice to people. So for us, we really try to encourage this idea of failing mindfully, really taking the time to think through your failure, to really extract the key lessons from it. And also take the time to recover from it from a mental health perspective as well. It's not always easy and it's kind of hard to jump into something new right away. Um, so really taking the time to like consciously think through what went wrong. Is there anything that you could have done differently? If you could kind of go back and give yourself advice, what would you tell yourself? And how can you just make sure that you don't make that same mistake again? It really goes a long way. Definitely. And are there kind of any consistencies that you see um, in the stories, like between people who can recover from failure a lot easier? Or are there similar stories of failure um, that you notice in startup founders, things like that? Yeah, so I would say the two sort of biggest things in terms of recovering from failure, one is mindset. So really having a growth mindset around it, really realizing that just because you failed, it doesn't mean that you as a person are a failure, this thing fucked up and what lessons can you learn from it? And how can you kind of use that failure to propel yourself forward and just make sure that you're using that as something that's going to help you be successful in the future. And then secondly, really having a support system around you. Um, whether it's, you know, your co-founders, your team, um, or, you know, good family and friends, really just opening up about your failure and, you know, not just keeping it pent up inside. Those two things really go a long way. And then in terms of themes for the talks, um, there's a few main ones. I would say a really big one is cash flow and accounting, um, kind of either not knowing how to monitor those parts of your business or just not paying enough attention to it. And a lot of them can be really, you know, solved by just having a great accounting software, um, making sure that you're just staying on top of it. There's a lot of avoidable mistakes that some of our speakers have shared. Another big one is legal, um, you know, not having the right contracts in place, going kind of with a word of mouth agreement. Um, or just, you know, like not incorporating your company correctly. There's there's a lot of those things. And then a third really big one is um, something to do with team. Either, you know, 
not having the right co-founders bringing people into the business that have like the same skill set as you just like trying to work with your best friend and it just doesn't make sense or again kind of like going back to the legal side of things just not having any kind of formal agreement in place and then Mm -hmm. fighting over the company and then hiring as well either you know not hiring the right people or being too slow to fire when it's not working out um a lot of those are common themes yeah, no, that's a uh, that's great advice, especially around legal and accounting. I feel like when you're launching a startup, it's probably the last thing unless you're in those industries that you really want to think about. Um, but it's important to get that done and done properly right at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. So um, to switch it up a little bit, you recently started your own uh, create community podcast. How has that whole journey been? And what have you learned from it? Yeah, so I had this idea for this podcast for, I'd say, a year now. And it was just always something that was kind of in the back of my head because I kind of became a community builder totally accidentally through fuck up nights. I never even heard the term before, never in a million years that I think I'd be a community builder. And I've met so many cool community builders through this journey who've also kind of kind of had like a similar path to it where they just kind of started a community to scratch their own itch and became really passionate about it. And I just loved hearing their stories, hearing how, you know, they came from a totally different background and how they started their communities. And then I also started noticing that community was really becoming this buzzword where, you know, everybody's trying to start a community. A lot of people are kind of defining community wrong, I think. You know, they're referring to um, their email list as a community or their audience on Instagram, like number of followers they have as a community. And I just really wanted to start something that would kind of bring community back to what I think it is, which is the whole human side of it, really creating a space where people can belong and grow together. So finally started moving on this podcast in, I'd say like late January, February, I pre-recorded a bunch of episodes and um, have been having a really great time with it. Yeah, hosting a podcast is actually a great way to have a community because you get to meet with people or in this case, virtually meet with people and learn from them and support each other. So that's really cool. Yeah. And in terms of your events, which uh, of course used to be hosted in person, you've now had to switch to virtual fuck up nights. Uh, Can you explain kind of how that process has gone and what it's been like switching to that format? Yeah, so it all started... um in mid-March we were actually supposed to have our three-year anniversary event on March 12th and anybody who's listening especially those those of you in Canada you know that that was a very pivotal week so things kind of escalated every single day and then um, COVID was declared a global pandemic on March 11th so I had to cancel that event um, literally the day before That was not a fun experience. Um, One silver lining that came out of it was that our entire catering order was donated to a shelter. Um, So that was a really great way to give back. And then after that, honestly, I had to, I took a couple of weeks just to kind of reassess and really think about the best way forward. And also just to kind of grieve what happened with that three-year anniversary event that was supposed to be a really huge milestone for us. I was very excited about it. I poured a lot of energy into it along with my team. And I wasn't ready to kind of pivot right away into something new. I needed some time to kind of reset. And then also, I wasn't sure at the time if our whole message of sharing failure and sharing past stories of failure was going to be relevant to people during this time. So the first thing that I did when I was ready to pivot uh, was really to ask our community, um, is failure content relevant to you now? What kind of stories would you want to hear? Um, What kind of formats would work for you? 
And that was really insightful. And I think that's, you know, like if you're stuck as a community builder, the first thing that you should do is just ask your community because that's how you're doing it for. And the overwhelming response was that, yes, you know, the people do want to hear stories of failure. They want to hear stories of resilience. They want to hear stories that are going to be, that are going to feel relevant to these times, you know, like people that have gone through uncertainty, maybe people that have been through the 2008 recession, people that have, you know, successfully dealt with um, mental health and resilience. So we pivoted from there, um, started doing um a different sort of format, whereas our normal events, um, a speaker has 10 minutes, 10 images, it's very, you know, like practiced and rehearsed. Um, now we do more of a casual style where it's a fireside chat, they share their fuck up. Um, we get an update on where their business is now. And we try to kind of extract some lessons from their past fuck up into how they're applying it now during these uncertain times. And that's been really well received. And it's been really cool just being able to experiment with that format and just find ways to make the event more accessible and uh, fun for people to participate in and a way to kind of learn, but also sort of distract from the crazy things that are happening now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, kind of what are some of the most memorable or funny stories that uh, speakers at, uh, I'm going to call it fun, Toronto nights have told? Oh, I've heard like hundreds of talks at this point. Honestly, the ones that stand out to me the most are the ones that really give us a full picture of their story. So we're focused on professional and business failure, but those kinds of failures don't just happen in a bubble. So the speakers that stand out to me are the ones that share, you know, my business was failing, but at the same time, um, maybe an important relationship fell apart or I was dealing with anxiety or depression or, you know, when they give us that full Um, full look at their life. Those are the ones that really resonate, I think, and that just really show the whole human experience. Um, There's been a lot of like very dramatic stories that have been told. There's been some, you know, where it wasn't a huge failure, but they had really great lessons. It's kind of hard to pick any specific ones, but I would really say the ones that kind of give that full look into their story are the ones that really stand out. Mm -hmm. And what is it about the Toronto community specifically that makes us so great for this type of night? And how has your community sort of shifted now that you're digital? Yeah, so I think Toronto is an amazing city for something like Fuck Up Nights. Um, There's so much hunger um, to learn, to really network with others, to meet amazing people, and to just be exposed to a really cool community. Um, We have such a variety of different industries and companies and um, our tech ecosystem is really booming and it's a really exciting place to be. Um, So all of those things, along with, you know, the hard work of my team and myself, it really positioned us to to grow really quickly here in Toronto to really resonate. I think another big thing is that I think, you know, even like three or four years ago before Fuck Up Nights was around, that whole concept of sharing failure was still kind of seen as really taboo. And I think people had a pretty conservative attitude about it. So I'm really proud of what Fuck Up Nights has been able to kind of ignite that conversation around failure and really show people that it's part of being human. It's part of being an entrepreneur. It's part of being a professional. And it's all about what you learn from it. It's only a fuck up if you didn't take something away from it. So I think kind of all of those factors um, really make Toronto a great um, spot for it. Now that we're doing these events virtually, it means that they're 
a lot more accessible. You know, for now we're offering um, these fireside chats for free. We stream them live to our Facebook. It opens it up to thousands of people. It opens it up to um, people that are outside of Toronto, um, you know, from different parts of Canada, even different parts of the world, or, you know, even just people that live kind of in the suburbs of Toronto and it just wasn't um, something that was doable for them to, you know, on a work night to come downtown um, to go to an event live. Now they get to experience it for the first time live. So that's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. And what advice do you have for anyone out there right now who wants to stay connected, but they're not sure how? Yeah, so I think, I mean, right now it's community is more important than ever. I really hate this term that we've come up with, you know, social distancing. I think it's, we should be referring to it as physical distancing, but we need to be staying social and we need to be staying connected. I would say the first thing that you should do is really don't overthink it. Just reach out if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling disconnected, reach out to people in your life, reach out to um, communities that you're interested in. There's so many things right now that are happening um, totally for free online where you can jump in and feel like you're part of something. So yeah, I would just say, just start, just do that first search for for what it is that you're looking for, for whatever you're interested in and see where the community is there and then just join. And if you're interested in contributing more, see how you can volunteer and get involved. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to also congratulate you for being part of Bay Street Bulls 30 Under 30 and uh, ask you what that whole process is like. What is it like getting nominated and uh, being part of that? Oh, thank you so much. That, That was such an honor to be on that list. Um, it wasn't really, for me, it wasn't an application process. I'm, I'm not sure how it was for, for others on the list. Um, it sort of happened organically, um, you know, with, uh, with the editor of the Bay Street Bowl coming out to one of our events and just um, really being blown away by it and really enjoying it and seeing the impact that it had made in Toronto. Um, so I think that was sort of the catalyst for, for me being nominated for the list. I, th- I think actually somebody did nominate me for it as well but I'm, I'm not sure um but it was such an honor to to get on it yeah that's great it's really cool and it was a great expose on kind of a bunch of different people in Toronto and what they're building and the different types of companies so I really love that list yeah I'm, it's, I'm so proud to be part of it there's incredible people that are part of it and such diverse industries and companies that are that are being started it's super cool to read it and kind of hear about mm. their stories yeah, yeah awesome and uh, yeah, so having a network is, is super, super important. But can you give some advice on how people can actually leverage that network and learn from it? Yeah, so I would say um, like the key to networking and really having a, a strong network is really um, being able to give value back. So not just taking from your network, not just pushing out content, but really seeing it as a community and seeing it as you know a two-way dialogue. So I think if you're, you know, you're reaching out to somebody that you want to network with or somebody that you want to mentor you or to you know, help you in some way, you really have to do it from a place where you're being really clear, A, on what you're looking for, but then B, also really offering something in return and really trying to nurture a relationship that feels like it's a two-way street and you're also giving back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we agree. That's uh, kind of the joy of a podcast is you get to have that opportunity to provide value to people, as you know, um, and vice versa. So it's uh, that's what, why we love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's so key. Great. And um, what was your very first job and what did you take away from that that you still apply today? 
<laughs> my very first job uh, when I was in elementary school, I did newsletter delivery or <laughs> newspaper delivery in my neighborhood. Um, that was, I mean, it was a really good experience. I think it taught me responsibility. It taught me um, how to um, budget and save money. Um, it was a huge um, learning lesson for me as a kid. I think I was like 10 or 11 at the time. And then my first job out of university, um, I studied business and marketing and I went the really, you know, typical corporate route um, where I went to go work for a consumer packaged goods company as a marketing associate. I got to work on a few different brands and really learn a ton about um, marketing. And then from there, I became a lot more interested in the communications and PR side. And I sort of pursued that in my next role. That's awesome. Great yeah. path. That sounds great. And uh, so tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page. Ooh, good question. Um, I think something that people are kind of surprised at with me, especially, you know, leading a large community like Fuck Up Nice Toronto, um, speaking on stage all the time at my events, doing other speaking opportunities. Um, something that a lot of people don't realize about me is that I'm very introverted and actually like very quiet and reserved. Um, I really push past that to lead my community and to kind of um, get myself out there. Um, but really in my day-to-day -day life, I really prefer interactions that are kind of more one-on-one -on -one with close friends. Um, so I think that's something that really surprises people. That's cool. And do you have advice for other introverts looking to do sort of extroverted activities like that, like speaking, um, leading a community, podcasting, that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. I think you just have to find something that you're really passionate about. And it doesn't matter if you're introverted or you're quiet. If you're really passionate about something, that's going to come through. Um, and really, like my advice in terms of public speaking and anything like that is that there's only room to improve. Like if you're not great at it, just keep pushing yourself, keep keep trying, keep practicing, and you're only going to get better over time. Alrighty. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this episode with us. We had a really great time talking to you. Your event was a lot of fun when we got to go to it. And yeah, we look forward to seeing how it grows online and um, after COVID in person as well. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. Yeah, I learned so much about especially how to keep your network and your community right now because everybody needs that. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people at our city. Until next time.